Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live. Is that how abrupt you want me to be, Bonnie? Like that? Yeah, that was good. Okay. I had an audience member uh, <laughs> the other night that w- w- I mentioned the podcast, and I said, oh, I'm not very good at, at describing it. And uh, then and then the audience member over on the you know side of the theater, she said, uh, well, I wish you guys would just start the show. And uh, oh, wow. I said, you, you mean you don't, you know, you don't like it when we do the cold open and she and she said no you should just start the show and i said well you have no idea how many arguments we've had about this <laughs> i said i, I said ma'am are you aware that the show is largely just us talking but i said so that's what we do in the cold open is we're really just talking we can say we can go well now the show has started and then we just talk but can you see that it's the same thing it's just talking and and that's sort of the joke and then i realized that if I had to explain the joke. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good argument for us to just get going. I feel like a lot of audience members look at my intro as sort of like the national anthem of a baseball game. I wish they would stop doing the national anthem at sports games. Well, now you know how our audience feels. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> but my problem is I feel like people don't know all the great things we have coming up in the show if they don't oh. hear Adam announce it. Yeah, but you could have just said that we have a real rocket scientist on this show. Or we're going to hear Tony's Big Bar Adventure. If you had just said that casually, yeah. then <laughs> yeah, that would have both, been, both things would have been served. It would have been a peek behind the curtain. Okay, well, that was one thing I was thinking about. Maybe in the cold open, we could say casually interject it like, Bonnie, we, do, I don't know where you've been. We don't do cold opens. Okay, Adam, go ahead. Coming to you live from... No, wait, 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 wait. The what other thing we could do, because yeah. I was thinking about this. Yes. You know how sometimes <laughs> we talk about things that happened in the past, and I feel like if you haven't listened to us a lot, it could be frustrating because you don't know what we're talking about. So I thought, okay, what mm. if in the cold open... 
You go like, last week, Tony <laughs> didn't get picked up at a bar. Oh. Paula, you know, flamma-damma-damma. And Adam's kid got cast in Annie. Yeah, they used to do that on uh, Lost in Space. But we don't know what we're going to talk about before we start talking about it. And by the way, my daughter is doing great in rehearsal so far. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear. Adam, go ahead. Start the show. Rain in Spain. Yeah, rain in Spain. See, they might not know what that means. Yeah, thank you, Tony. Ever since she got that promotion. Nobody knows what that means. Okay. It's our secret word for start the show. <laughs> oh, my God. How long have we gone on? Previously on Nobody right. Listens to Paula Poundstone. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Tony promised she'd go to a bar and see if a guy would pick her up. No, that is not She wasn't so trying to <laughs> see if a guy would pick her up. Boy, when you don't hear, you just fill in with the shit you think. No, that was never a part of it. Now I'm even more interested in Tony's Big Bar Adventure, which we'll get to when we start the show. Here we go, everybody. Coming to you live from our house in Los Angeles. Keep that inside your head, okay? Okay, here we go. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early you know, Adam, what's coming up on the show? Go ahead. <laughs> there we go. Well, we're coming to you live from our houses in Los Angeles, California, Paula, and it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Oh, I love that show. Your comedy field guide to life, right? <laughs> well, tonight, we've learned a lot about making a podcast over the past few years, and as challenging as it can be, it ain't exactly rocket science. I mean, we've accidentally made some good moments, but we've never accidentally made a rocket. In fact, there's only one thing that's exactly rocket science, and that's rocket science. But how tough can that be? Well, we're going to find out because we've got an actual rocket scientist, NASA contractor, Julie Zingerman here. And although we comedians can threaten that one of these days bang zoom to the moon, Julie just did that with the Artemis One. Julie just did that with the Artemis One mission to the moon. And then we come right back down to Earth, way down to the local watering hole that our own Tony Anita Hull finally led a mission to and lived to tweet about it. Join us for Tony's Big Bar Adventure. <laughs> I'm Adam Felber. This show's Mission Control. Using all my precision instrumentation trying to guide this conversational craft through the chaotic asteroid belt of digression and distraction. And now, please welcome the woman who, when things go wrong, never has to tell Houston we've got a problem because Houston already knows that she is the problem. And the home of the brave. Uh, it's Paula Poundstone. Hey, <laughs> guys. Imagine me stumbling upon you here. Wow. Welcome back to our house band, Kevin Kelso on the piano. Oh, Kevin yeah. is L.A.-based, which is different than plant-based. He's an L.A.-based <laughs> singer-songwriter who has composed such enduring classics as Turtle All the Way Down, On a Barstool in Barstow, and Captain Culpepper's Last Stand. Thanks for being here. Oh, we love uh, you, Kevin. Welcome back to the show. Yay! We miss seeing you in person. Woo! 
Hey, what's new, Paula Poundstone? You know, Adam, uh, our producer, Julie, sent me a screenshot of some sort of website that a fan wrote in about. And it was one of those sites that tell about, quote unquote, celebrities, about how much money they have and, you know, little <laughs> personal things about their, their lives. Sure, sure, sure. And I was so pleased to find out from this clearly unimpeachable website yes. that I am worth $81 million. It was, wow. It, it was such a relief. Damn. Um, Paula, that yeah, brings up to mind a, a couple of questions, all of which start, can I have? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You can have... Uh, I, I'm happy to share my $81 million. You know what's funny? It says net worth... 81 million. Nice. And then, you know, it sort of breaks it down underneath established net worth in 2020. And then it says under review. And then it says Uh-oh. annual salary under review. Like they had no backup day. It was like if a kid cheated off somebody else's homework paper in math growing up. So, Paula, did you claim a $79.5 million worm farm at any point in the last couple of years? Oh, that could be it. Yeah. That could be. So my favorite part of the whole thing, though, is for some odd reason, it gives the measurements of the quote-unquote celebrity. Okay. But it said, <laughs> uh, under, under review, uh, I... <laughs> It actually said shoe size uh, updated soon because you know how that can change. Uh, You know, you get to a certain age and your feet just grow. You know, you go from an eight to a ten. Paula, I want to conduct a little experiment here if you'll you'll bear with me. Um, You know, we're on Zoom right now. Can you see that stack of cash behind me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always thought it was newspapers. Yeah, no, that's cash. And, you know, it never occurred to me to count it. That's why I hadn't declared that I'm worth $81 because I hadn't counted it. And then these strangers from this website came in and counted it. And that's yeah. how I know. That's what I wanted to experiment on. I want to see how thorough these researchers are and if they listen to this podcast. So just for us, the podcast audience, why don't you tell us your shoe size and we'll see how soon it appears on that site. Uh, uh, my shoe size is eight. I knew that. So, um, so listeners, we encourage you to check in on this this site every once in a while and see how long it takes uh, them to register Paula's <laughs> shoe size. Well, it's going to be <laughs> updated soon updated for soon. those fans who just... Uh, can you even imagine wanting to know that about, like, the woman who plays um, Better Call Saul's girlfriend in Better Call Saul? Uh, Rhea. I looked her up today, but it didn't occur to me to to track down her shoe size. Who gives a shit what the shoe size is? Well, anybody who's giving shoes for Christmas or birthdays. Is that a thing that fans do? They give shoes? Are you saying Wendell is embezzling all the shoes we all send you from your fans? (laughs) Have you guys been sending me? Oh, my gosh. What is Wendell's shoe size? You know what it might be? It might be that Tony put them in an envelope like she did the soaps that time, and they went back. (laughs) Sorry, Bonnie. That was from a long time ago episode. It really was. Hey, as long as we're talking about Tony, we have a whole segment devoted to her adventures (laughs) later on the show because she finally, after four weeks, did her homework and went to the bar downstairs from the hotel where she is staying while her flooded apartment is being repaired. 
So, Tony, besides your big bar adventure, what's new? Uh, you know, sometimes I do look up celebrities' height. Why? Because I don't know. I'm curious to see how tall they are. Are they? Do they you really have... look that tall? Are they shorter, like I am? Isn't everybody somewhere between Tom Cruise and and Tim Robbins? Is Tim Robbins tall? Oh yeah, he's very tall. Well, I'm I still can... now. I see it now. I need to know. But how tall is he? I'm gonna go six five. That's great for an audio show. Compelling. He's 6'5". Yeah, there you go. You know what? That reminds me. Everyone kept talking about how you couldn't shoot down the Chinese balloon because it was up too high in the sky. Has nobody heard of a fucking ladder? (laughs) (laughs) That's why the government needs you so badly, Paula. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Uh, Tony, uh, you you did kind of deflect the question. What else is new with you? You're, you're clearly still in that hotel. Yeah, um, I went to my apartment over the weekend and no work has been done on it. Uh, wow. And no work has been done on it for the last two weeks. So there is no flooring, no drywall, nothing has been done. How long does that make it? We're going on five weeks. Now, what are your rights as a tenant? And do we need to have an emergency guest next week to talk about those rights? You know, I don't know exactly what my rights are, but I know what I'm demanding. (laughs) What are you demanding? Maybe that's the problem. My renter's insurance has covered some of it. And then I don't have to pay rent for a unit that is not livable. So I have all that rent back. And then my, my landlord will need to pay for whatever's left, whatever the balance is from applying rent not used and from renter's insurance. So he's on the hook for the balance. And I believe that's also pretty the rules. <laughs> I think standard might be a word that you could use there. Pretty the rules. Yeah. The rules, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you get pulled over by a cop, and they say, I'm giving you a ticket for, you know, your your taillight is out and you were going 80 in a 55. Do you say, is that pretty the rules? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe the cop says it. Maybe that's where you got it from. When you object, you go, well, that's not right. He goes, no, that's pretty the rules. No, knowing Tony, if she got pulled over by a cop, I expect she would spontaneously combust. More like tears. Lots yeah. of tears. You made the cop cry? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? Did you call him like a pig or something? What did you do? I meant I would be crying, Paula. You're, oh, because that didn't sound like... I was thinking she's usually so nice. I just can't even I imagine nice. you like... Yeah, uh-huh. I am a nice yeah. person. Yeah, until some cop pulls you over and then you just go off like Walter White for heaven's sakes. Then it's like somebody has cut into her craft time, and boy, howdy. Oh, my God. Exactly, yeah. Was it on your way to Michael's? (laughs) (laughs) I got to say, I I am so glad that Bonnie Burns killed our cold open, because this stuff is so much more focused in terms of idle chatter and random Googling than the stuff we used to do in the cold open. That's the thing, that the woman... Who said, just start the show? Like, she thought there was a difference between She wanted to get to this. Yeah. Hey. Wait, can I interrupt really quickly? I'm sorry. I found Adam Felber's net worth. What is it? Oh, yeah. $115 million. It is not. Yeah, I'm only 81 million. I think you're looking at the wrong thing. It says also that you're 34. Maybe this is a different Adam Felber. You're a Sagittarius. Uh, it might be. Yeah. 
I th- <laughs> if I were you, I would suck up to this Adam Felber. It says that you went to Tufts and you I have did. a bachelor's degree in English. Sure. Your birthday is not in December, if I remember correctly. It is it's not. in July. Yeah. So you're wow. not a Sagittarius. They've really done some sleuthing. I'm moving on from you, Tony. We'll be back to you in a little while. And I'm moving on to the Simi Valley, where Bonnie Burns, manager of Paula Poundstone, destroyer of cold opens, waits to give her baby. <laughs> hey, Bonnie. Bonnie, what's new? I'm debating about what to talk about because I, that I've looked at people's worth before, and I've looked Why? at Paula to see what they say about you, and it's been a million a million five for a long time. Um, well, where'd that other 78.5 million come from? <laughs> I don't know. I think, and I've never seen like under review. So obviously there's different quality in. Well, in I'm not worth websites. a million five either. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're about a million four short of that, right? Yeah. So yeah. did you as my manager feel like you were doing pretty good when you saw that million five? You're like, you're like yeah. I just see what they said. I wanted to I'm see I'm keeping her in clover there, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I you could have just asked me. And you know what? You must have a hell of a good manager. Jeez, man. Oh, yeah. To pull down that yeah. 81 million with my size feet? I'm putting a pin in this. Bonnie, what are you here to talk about today? Okay, so I happened to run across an article that was about industries that millennials are killing. Industries that millennials are killing? So one of them is cereal because... This was a research. Millennials think it's too much trouble to have to wash the bowl afterwards. And also, they're <laughs> forsaking sugar cereals for healthier foods. Well, what are they having? It's not in a bowl, and it doesn't have sugar in it. What is it? I don't know. They just, uh, they didn't say that, but I thought it was kind of funny that they've really made a dent in the sugary cereal industry. Hey, since we have two millennials, Julie and Tony, do you guys eat sugared breakfast cereals? For breakfast. They're both shaking their head. Neither of you do. I like a I like a savory breakfast. And is the reason because you don't like to clean bowls? Well, no, but also that it's unhealthy, the sugared cereal, and right? By the way, for the for the both of you, shaking your heads is what we in, in uh, the audio business call a, a, a poor response. Wait, ask the question again. I was Googling Bonnie. I was fact-checking Bonnie. Tony, oh, okay. well, thank you. Tony, need a hold. Your Googling addiction has gotten much worse. I, I thought you was over that. I thought I thought you went away um, to some resort somewhere <laughs> where you couldn't Google uh, to uh, rehab, and it turns out you, you, it's come back with a, a vengeance. It has come back with a vengeance. I can't resist. I've never seen anything like it. The Googling, the Googling. I'll tell you something. Captain Culpepper did not believe in Googling. Oh, I don't know. I'm so feel awkward because, you know, he's no longer with us. Maybe that's what killed him, Mrs. Culpepper. No, it is not what killed him. He, uh, uh, Googling would not. Yeah, he probably didn't Google, you know, whether panthers are dangerous or something and got eaten, right? Uh, no, he was not killed by a panther, Adam Felber. Well, live and learn. I could have sworn it was a panther attack <laughs> that killed the brave Captain Culpepper. But here here we are, and that's not the thing. Okay. Honestly, right now, I've forgotten the name of the condition that he had. What was it? I think it was tyrotoxism. I believe it was tyrotoxism. Tony Anita Hull, if you just Google that, so help me. That was off the top of my head, I promise, Mrs. Culpepper. Uh, well, that was indeed it, which is a poison and buy cheese or other dairy products. 
Wow. Well, then he probably should have Googled that before he approached the cheese board. But he did not believe in Googling. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he, he, he was a cheese eater because he, it, it doesn't come to bowl. And, uh, <laughs> and he, he deplored cleaning bowls, did he? Well, uh, they've done a study and they discovered that he hated to clean bowls. He was, <laughs> it was questioned by General Mills, uh, a study done by General Mills. So Captain Culpepper was no fan of Captain Crunch. Uh, he he was not. He did not enjoy the Captain Crunch show because it required him cleaning a bowl. <laughs> I understand. And so he just popped a bad piece of Havarti in his mouth, and that was that. Well, let's get back to Body Burns. It was not the Havarti, if I might say. It was the good of the God of Madame Philbo. Oh. <laughs> Here's another one. Speaking about cheese, the millennials have really hurt the American processed cheese business because they go for more natural stuff. Bonnie, did you just spit on your screen or something? <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at that. What is that? Oh. Hold on. You, you uttered a particularly plosive pee and then you, like, disappeared. I don't know what happened. Where's my... Oh, here. Is it this? Sorry. You should, oh, we don't talk about oh, my gosh. Gosh. Should I spit on my screen? I think it had to be. I hope so. I look, I look pretty blurry. Yeah, all you of did a sudden you went. And, you know, I recently had eye surgery, and for a second I just thought, oh, fuck. Uh, it's not healing. And it turns out. You just out gave Tony a nosebleed. <laughs> Is there. Could you get like a little windshield wiper for your screen? Am I blurry again? No. <laughs> I can't move on. <laughs> All right, okay. so because <laughs> also the collective look on all of our faces. <laughs> I had the same look that Bonnie Raitt had when her name was called for her song winning. Now the Grammys, like that can't be. I'm up against Taylor Swift. Um, oh all right, so gosh. Bonnie. You're lamenting the death of the sugared cereal and processed cheese industries, if I, if I read you correctly, and think that those millennials yeah. should get off their asses and eat more Fruit Loops and Velveeta? They're killing those industries. No, I think... Those know, are terrible industries! <laughs> oh, okay, but so that's you know, good. I am surprised <laughs> that Tony didn't jump in and say that she eats from a paper bowl that she makes from a, a oh eight God. by a 10 sheet of paper and that we'll be doing that soon on Tony's Craft Corner on, on Nobody Listens to Paul Ponce. Tony, I'd love it if you could show us how you make your paper bowl. That would be fantastic. Okay, wait. Before we're done, I have one more thing. Millennials, you know, like the diamond ring business, wedding ring, engagement ring? She's just out for the millennials, isn't she? Millennials aren't wanting to do that. They don't want to buy that. They feel like it's dumb to put their spend money on, quote, a rock, and they want to use the money for, like, a house or to go have experiences. And they don't like to spend money, like, on designer stuff. Those hor horrible so millennials won't spend money on carcinogenic cheese, fattening cereals, and blood diamonds. How dare Look, you? Instead of a ring, they're getting a house? What is it, a board game? What? I, it's not the same price. <laughs> That's a good idea. Let's, let's do that. Have Tony craft a board game. Millennial board game. I, ro I, I rolled the dice and I go three. Uh, bing, bing, bing. Okay. Uh, I choose a ring. 
or a house. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not equivalent. I believe that's the word, equivalent. Yeah. I don't understand. Why would you choose to go after millennials when we were two on the show? <laughs> don't say anything. Tony's a millennial and, and Julie's a millennial. Yeah, that's weird. It's kind of weird. Uh, you know? It was three in the morning. I couldn't sleep. And I was fooling around on my computer. And, oh. and you Googled those damn millennials. No, you know what comes yeah. up in those things that go, wait till you see the Beaver Cleaver guy now or celebrities who didn't oh, age well. Oh, God, but those are awful. The person they say is almost never in those things. Have you guys, have you millennials noticed? I've noticed that too. Don't, well, that's a good clue that you shouldn't click on that shit. I know, but this one yeah. seemed interesting. Industries that yeah. millennials are killing. And it was. I am glad we didn't waste our audience's time with a cold open. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, here's a time waster, just to, just to update you guys on, on what's going on here in Felberville. Um, I've lost enough weight now that people are starting to notice and comment on it. Wow. And it's becoming very embarrassing. Really? Because, because I don't have a good answer as to, like, what I'm doing. Oh. So, oh, I thought it was going to be because they said shit like, hey, Tubbo, what happened? <laughs> no, I mean, that's, I mean, everybody, everybody who experiences weight loss experiences that, which is like people say things that are, you know, accidentally insulting. Like, wow, you look like you lost like 500 pounds. No, yeah, they, yeah. that's terrible. Yeah. They're not millennials. <laughs> no, millennials no, are Adam, more polite about that. How did you what? do it? How did well, cut out the sugary cereals. That's it's, how he did it's, it. He- it's not a triumph. It's not an act of courage. What I did was I um, completely stopped drinking any alcohol products. Da, 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 okay, well, what's wrong with huh? that? Da, da, it's not really da, da, impressive because I'd been drinking, I guess, an embarrassing amount of alcohol products and stop, <laughs> stopping drinking them was not hard. So there's no profile in courage here. I mean, some people struggle with that kind of shit. No, there's no chariots of fire. My old, my old high school basketball coach didn't show up and whip me into shape. I just, yeah. Well, I just cut booze out of my diet, and I've lost like 27 pounds. Right. Wow. So you were 27 pounds of alcohol. That's. Well, that's not exactly how it works. So, were you not peeing? Is that what was happening? You were never peeing? I peed in 2019, Paula. There you go. There you go. I hope that net worth website will put that down in your information. Yeah. Da, 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 da. I'm not da, running. Da, 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 Are you kidding? No. Once you get started, it's really hard to stop with that. Your liver and your kidneys are working. See, she thinks she knows that because she's a millennial. And they're more into, like, being healthy. Bonnie, what is up your ass about millennials this week? (laughs) Bonnie Burns is one of those people who learns a little teeny bit of information about anything and then extrapolates from it to uh, a a horrifying degree. Well, there you go, show fans, some non-cold open content. Hey, Paula, how about some vocabulary quizification? Wait, that wasn't the cold open. That was the. No, that, what no. do you call what it? Say, you we had were, a name for it. We were hot. The churn. That was our hot. That was a churn. Yeah. Oh, there's a little peek behind the curtain. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, 
listeners, if if you go over to our Facebook page, you'll find a beautiful artist rendering of part of Adam, Tony Anita Hall, and Captain Crinkle. I'm going to ask each of them the meaning of a former nobody listens to Paula Poundstone vocabulary word, and for each correct answer, they receive an additional body part until they have earned for themselves an invaluable portrait. Tony Anita Hall, for example, just received an upper arm. And Adam is proud to have earned a torso. Right. I'm going to start by asking Tony Anita Hall the meaning of a former, nobody listens to Paula Pons, a vocabulary word. And the reason we're using former words is because we don't know the ones that we did before. There seems to be no way of cramming them into our brains. Uh, All right. So let's, let's start by asking Tony Anita Hall. The, the meaning of... Wait, wait, we have to get silent. Yes, to make it... For, if you'd be silent, you oh, would hear sorry. that I was asking okay. for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking Bonnie Burns and Adam Felber to take your headphones off until I signal you back on Zoom. Bonnie, I will signal you with one finger, and Adam, I will single, signal you with two f- fingers. All right, you ready, Tony? I'm ready. Removing the headphones now, Paula, hang on. Cheating bastard. You know what? All he cares about right now is beating a millennial. Uh, All right. All right, here we go, Tony Anita Hall. The word is sagacious. Perhaps you remember from last week. Having good judgment. Very nice. Having or showing good judgment. Fantastic. Bonnie Burns is not looking, and so she can't. There we go. Yeah, okay, she's cheating her ass off, I can tell. That was pretty fast that you showed me your finger. Oh, usually when I show you my finger, it's fast. (laughs) So that tells me that Tony probably got it. I don't know. Good for you, <laughs> cheater. Um, Bonnie, uh, here we go. The word is sagacious. Oh, Jesus. We had that last week, right? <laughs> That's my point. point of it. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, this goes in and out of my head like that. I just really yeah. don't hold on yeah. to anything like that. I mean, really. Sagacious. Yeah. Uh, it was, <laughs> Trump was sagacious, right? When your example no. was way back when? You asked them for no. every word. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. No, oh, no I know, I know. You're thinking of ass. You're thinking of ass. Trump, Trump is it's an ass. somebody who's helpful. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, Adam will I tell you, I'm sure. Hold on. Adam. Okay. Okay, Adam. Adam, he Adam. He knows it. I remember. I'm back. Adam, the word is... Is it last week's word? It is. That was sagacious. Wow. You're just showing off now. Yes, it was sagacious. Well, and you've, it means, you've asked the same word twice in a row, several times in a row. I, sometimes twice I've done it four that. times in a row, and we still didn't. <laughs> I once missed odios to my everlasting shame. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, Adam, the word is yeah. sagacious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, this one I got. It's sage, like it's it's wise. You make good decisions. Yes, it's having or showing good judgment. Yeah. Bonnie, well, I thought, said successful. Uh, That's kind of you close. didn't even say successful. No, you didn't say successful. Did say? First of all, what no, did I no, say? Well, had you said successful, you would have been wrong. Yes, but, uh, you would have been wrong. Right. But apparently, you didn't say that. So. But thank you. I can't wait to hear this episode's playback. Thank you for participating, Mr. Santos. But no, you did not say successful, and that would not have been the correct answer. Wow. Whoa. We are really 
zipping through these old vocabulary words. When you say odios, what was odios? Odios was uh, uh, something uh, uh, unnecessary, no practical purpose. Yeah. And opsimath was somebody who learns at a later age. Oh. Yes, somebody yes. learns, studies, and learns late in life. I know. I'm an opsimath. <laughs> Robert Heinlein once said, when a place gets crowded enough to require IDs, social collapse is not far away. It's time to go elsewhere. The best thing about space travel is it makes it possible to go elsewhere. Yeah, that's why man yearns for the infinite reaches of the stars, because we're pissed about getting carded at the Circle K. <laughs> we'll talk to someone who took us to the moon for slightly less bitchy reasons when we come back. Now, an update from the dental chair. Nikki Haley announced her presidential win a week ago, and she hasn't dropped out yet. (laughs) (laughs) This has been an update from the dental chair. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because when Helix first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, You know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. 
Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux, and I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Hey, Paula, you know, every once in a while we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of a midsummer night's dream okay and i played i played peter quince there there's the connection one of the mechanicals that's a great connection also yes has nothing to do with this which is that um quince is an online clothing store and as you know paula i've uh, i've lost a little weight lately oh right 75 pounds yeah so i literally have no clothes that are in my size until i just ordered some stuff at quince and i figured like here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft (laughs) and and so comfortable honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed they're so it's a softness it's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that, too. Like, so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kinds. Of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? 
They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing. They cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. Hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain. We're trying to ascertain? Yes. Okay. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watched the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertain. This month is... Wow! Oh, Maze, why'd you say that? Supercharge it. (laughs) So that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. (laughs) On this day in unremarkable history, Walter Frederick Morrison, the inventor of the Frisbee, said, Sorry! (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. Thank you so much, house band Kevin Kelso. It's great to hear you again. And a special shout out to Mary Beth. I hope you're doing great, too. Thank you, Kevin. All right, Paula Poundstone. Adam. Um, you've got a busy career. <laughs> I do. Adam, I'm enjoying worm farming. And as you know, it's earned me $81 million. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I'm beginning to think it's not enough to solve all the world's problems. Sometimes as I watch what's going on in our country and on our planet, I think I want out. I, I don't mean death. That'll come soon enough. I mean, I want to go to another planet. And it's not that outrageous an idea anymore. I, I can't do it by myself, though. I don't, I don't know how to build a, a rocket ship. My Valentine bookmark that we made on Tony's Craft Corner didn't come out right. I know there are people who work on this sort of thing. You know, uh, rocket scientists, I think they're called. But I'll never find one. Or will you, Paula Poundstone? Because we happen to have one as our guest today. No. That is coincidence on hot butter toast. Indeed it is. And eat up because she's a NASA contractor fresh off the Artemis One mission and space systems quality and safety manager for Aerojet Rocketdyne. Please welcome actual rocket scientist Julie Zingerman. Thank you. Julie, thank you so much for being here. Okay, full disclosure, Julie is a friend of mine. But the truth is, I have never talked to her about her work. That is true. Why not? I, I, you know, because 
I wouldn't be able to hear her over the sound of my own voice, let's be honest. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm sure she has some fascinating things to say about being a rocket scientist. So what does an Aerojet Rocketdyne quality program manager for advanced power systems do? Was there someone who played you in the Martian, for example? <laughs> what, 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 Close. What was your Close. role on the Artemis One? Were you played by Kristen Wiig in the movie? I was not. So I wasn't played by a person in the movie. I was played by a thing. What thing? Uh, it was our nuclear power generator that actually Watney's crew buried and he later dug up from the sands of Mars to use as his heat source so that he could travel across the planet and eventually get launched off the planet. So he was able to eventually rejoin his crew. So my character rode in Watney's back seat and kept him warm. So you were in that movie. So what do you do then? So when you go into work, first of all, where do you go? Do you go to NASA? So no, um, we're a contractor of NASA's. So my office is actually in Canoga Park, California, not too far from you guys. Um, we have been working somewhat remotely, but going into the office. And of course, the operations people that I work with are there every day building, building the hardware. But what my team basically does is inspect and test uh, the rockets and all of the power systems just to make sure that everything is built as planned so that we fly safely. So that's kind of what my team does. And for me specifically, um, not only the Artemis mission, but I worked on the electric power boxes for the space station, uh, that Mars power generator that we were talking about that showed up in the Martian movie to keep him warm. Uh, the electric power system for the space station, the propulsion system that recently redirected an asteroid. Uh, that was kind of big in the oh, news yes, last year. Yes. So, yeah, we built the propulsion system for that. And then, of course, all of the engines that power the rockets that send people to space. We make sure that everything the engineers are, are touching is, is being done correctly to the proper drawings, to the proper specs, to the proper codes. They're tested to just make sure everything works properly and people fly safely. Okay, here's part of the reason I never asked you about your work. Because this is the kind of <laughs> shit I would ask. Why can't an airplane go into space? Wait, what? <laughs> So an airplane can't go into space because you would need much bigger engines and a stronger structure, basically, to protect you as the passenger. I really wish it could. And hopefully one day we're going to get there where we can do that. But you just need to have bigger engines and a stronger structure so that you can survive up there because we want you to land on the moon in one piece and not die on the way up there. So yeah. you need to have that structure that has the oxygen and all of the capabilities because the moon is 240,000 miles up there. And when you're flying in an airplane, you're flying, you know, more like 10 miles, so a lot lower. So you really, an, an airplane, if it were to just kind of angle up and try to shoot for the moon would end up falling apart. Oh, a lot of the airlines are are doubling the amount of miles it takes on their frequent flyer programs to get a free <laughs> flight. And <laughs> I think if I went to the moon on American Airlines, uh, I'd be all set. I wouldn't have to pay for a flight for a really long time. And you'd get your miles right away. Really good thought. Yeah. Yes. Uh, did the Artemis have astronauts? 
So this first Artemis mission that we, we launched finally here in November of last year did not have astronauts on it. So it was primarily a test mission to test the rocket and make sure that when we take astronauts, which we plan to do with Artemis 2, that everything works properly and that they're safe to fly on that. So this first mission that went kind of up and around the moon and circled it twice did not have any astronauts on it. Did everything go right? Or were there little failures that you are now working on for Artemis 2? Everything went so smoothly. We were so amazed at how great things went. And uh, we, were, we were just so thankful that things went so well that we actually had extra time to do more testing than we had planned because things went so smoothly. When you say testing, what kind of testing? We tested the, the actual engines to make sure that they lifted off properly. We, we tested uh, the thermal conditions, really was a big one, because we were subjecting this rocket to more heat than has ever a rocket been subjected to before that was going to be carrying astronauts. Why is that? Uh, why is it hotter? Because it's going further. It's going deeper. It, where is the Artemis one now? Did it splash down or, or did it burn up in the atmosphere? Where did it go? A combination of things happen. For some of the bigger pieces, like the engine and the uh, tank that holds all of the fuel for the rocket, that's what they, they kind of call the core stage. The core stage burns up shortly after launch. The solid rocket boosters that help hold all of that fuel and power that rocket, they actually come via parachute back down into the Atlantic Ocean and they're retrieved. And then we reuse them. So we reuse that part. And the Orion capsule also comes back and that gets reused as well. So kind of the core stage and the second stage um, don't return to Earth, but then the solid rocket boosters come back, we reuse them. And then the Orion capsules, the intent there is to reuse those. Wow. And that landed off the, the coast of Baja about 25 days later. So we launched from Florida and then 25 days later after circling the moon a couple of times, we landed in the waters just off the coast of, of Baja. Was there any report of seeing balloons? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, hopefully the Artemis 2 crew that'll have astronauts can see that kind of thing. Yeah, we did not yeah. see see any balloons floating there. Well, they should bring a ladder just in case. <laughs> uh, I love this idea that we're now reusing some of the most amazingly big and expensive parts of these. But how do you test them to make sure that the wear and tear isn't going to make them dangerous next time. I don't work specifically on those solid rocket boosters in the capsule, so I'm not involved in the testing of those. And my engines now that that flew on the space shuttle missions are now not coming back as part of these Artemis missions. But I can tell you what we did with in the shuttle days is we refurbished those engines and then we retested them at Stennis Space Center and just made sure that everything was working perfectly before we put them on another rocket. So that's how we gotcha. did it from an engine standpoint, just to make sure the crew stays safe, which is primarily why we've gone back to a capsule sitting on top of a rocket. Uh, and it's different in, than the shuttle days where it was kind of sexy with wings and windows. We're back to kind of what you saw over 50 years ago when we first went to the moon, where the crew sits on top of the rocket and that allows them to abort and, and get off safely should anything happen to kind of the lower propulsion elements of that rocket. So 
trying to do things safer because as you guys know in the shuttle days we we did lose two of those vehicles so uh, we're trying to take take precautions here as we go back to the moon and make sure we keep the crew safe when you're trying to uh, do the inspection to make sure that uh, that things are the way they were drawn do you ever do you ever come to a guy who's working with like a blowtorch or something and he's cutting <laughs> some metal and he's and he, and you see the drawing beside him and it's clearly supposed to be a rectangle and he's made some sort of curve on the top and you have to go not like that you Higgins. do you do i mean that's why we have these checks in place because you know all of us are human and can make mistakes. So you have as many people checking and rechecking and there's so many things that can go wrong yet so many things that go right. Just like when those rovers land on Mars and and you hear about those minutes of terror yet everything goes beautifully. And even this Artemis mission, you know, we we had two attempts before we finally launched on the third attempt because you just want to make sure that it's safe and that everybody and the vehicle are going to be okay before you say go. So there's a lot of checks that go in place, um, not just with my team early on in the development of this, but all the way along the way, even when you're saying go for launch. Well, you know, motivational speaker Les Brown once said, shoot for the moon, and if you miss, you will still be among the stars which in Julie's line of work means total failure. We'll find out more real motivation from Julie Zingerman when we come back. The cat of the week is Kitty from Brooklyn, New York. Congratulations, Kitty. Hey, it's just me, Paula Poundstone. My HBO special, Cats, Cops, and Stuff, is out as an album. It's a delightful recording of me and an audience. I don't want to give away what I say on it, but I can tell you what the audience says. They say, (laughs) you're going to love it. You are. Stream Cats, Cops, and Stuff wherever you listen to albums. to talk to Trump. Talking to the former president can be difficult, but by practicing these suggested phrases in front of a mirror for just a few minutes a day, you'll be saying what you need to say to him with confidence in no time. Get a pen and a paper and write them down. Today's phrase is... We don't take things that don't belong to us. We especially don't take classified documents. And if we forget that rule, we absolutely don't put them onto a computer. And we're back with Julie Zingerman, rocket scientist. Paula? Julie, you're in Canoga Park, but the... Um, do, you, do, do they call it a spaceship or a rocket ship? What do they call it? A rocket. So this is the Space Launch Systems rocket. 
with an, uh, an Orion capsule on it. And the two of them together are considered the Artemis rocket, which Artemis, by the way, is the twin sister of Apollo. So that's how it got oh. its name. Yeah. And h- how much would the, would the whole package run me if I skipped the undercoating and the second coat of paint? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of money. A lot of money. The other parts that you don't work on, are they made someplace else? Yes. There's pieces that are made all over this country. In fact, I think almost every state is represented in some way from little suppliers that provide nuts and bolts to the the bigger components. But it is amazing how many of the bigger components are actually built in Southern California. So it all kind of gets integrated together. Um, We test like the engines at Stennis Space Center, but we integrate this whole big rocket together at Kennedy Space Center in Florida. There's a big building called the Vehicle Assembly Mm -hmm. Building. That's where we actually stack everything together at Kennedy Space Center. But we have a big factory in Canoga Park where we're now 3D printing parts, which is really a big cost savings and kind of new technology from the space shuttle. I don't understand the 3D printing thing at all. I have no (laughs) idea what it is. It sounds like a cartoon to me. It's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing, yeah. Tell me the name of the assembly building. What was it called again? Oh, the Vehicle Assembly Building at Kennedy Space Center. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no coincidence in that name. Um, that came, <laughs> it was named after one of JFK's grandchildren, wasn't it? <laughs> so when your part, did, did, what do they bring it on a truck? <laughs> yeah. So they, they do actually, they truck it. It goes to uh, Stennis Space Center. And then, yeah, it goes to Kennedy Space Center, gets gets trucked there, gets loaded into the vehicle. How interesting do you think it would be to talk to the long-haul trucker who transported <laughs> that that stuff all the way to, to Florida? Is it a long-haul trucker who does it, Julie, that takes it? Always. And, and some of the parts actually come in on a barge. From yeah, oh, from oh, wow. yeah, Mississippi and come in yeah through the water there too. So some some parts come in on barge, some come through trucks. All and it all gets integrated there at Kennedy Space Center. I wonder if the guy who drives a the barge has a little bed behind his <laughs> helm, behind his helm. Julie, let me ask you this: Do you have any personal stories, like any Spinal Tap moments where you meant to write that the stone was three feet and it turned out to be? <laughs> Three inches or like what's the biggest goof you've ever caught before it got added onto a spaceship? Well, that did happen with a Mars thing one time, didn't it? Where they lost it because they didn't convert to metric? Yeah, that did happen one time. So I would say from a global standpoint, that was probably one of the largest goofs, you know, and uh-huh. and uh, not converting. That I didn't do that. Personally, I wasn't working that at the time, but... So how about your personal story? What about your wait-a-second moment? I know. I was trying to think of a big goof because, you know, all of our things have been performing so well that the astronauts say to us, we thought we were going to get more spacewalks to be putting spare hardware out there, and we're not having to do that because... Those power oh, systems wow. are lasting so long. Like same with the rover power generators. You know, they wow. were scheduled to last about a year. You know, now they're still cruising around Mars 10 years later. So same thing with my hips. <laughs>
They were supposed to have gone out years ago, and I'm still yeah, and using you're still them, going. both my hips. You're still going. Yep. So yeah, it's yeah, it's you know, amazing. it's it's fun to to focus on those successes. But you know, some of the bigger failures, unfortunately, like I was talking about earlier, is we lost two vehicles. I mean, you know, Columbia yeah. crashed, and I lost seven friends. You know, twelve kids lost oh. a parent that day. Oh. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and that was some foam coming off the underside of the shuttle and causing a hole. And actually on liftoff that whole happened so they were up there on space station doing their experiments but that big hole was on the shuttle already at that time and did people know that already no nobody knew so after that mission actually paula was on on jim kelly's mission 114 so julie wait the jim kelly the astronaut that we got to interview you brought him to us when we were in studio a couple years ago Yes, that Jim Kelly, astronaut Jim Kelly, he piloted the space shuttle Discovery a couple of times. Wow. He said it wasn't quite as good as being on this show. That was his <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Everything after he was on our podcast apparently has been kind of... Yeah, yeah, not as good as. Yeah. Yeah. What they did with him as the pilot is he took the shuttle and they flew up to space station and they did a full flip in front of the people on the space station to make sure there were no holes. Did they add like a team that did other things too? And then as a result of that, they developed a all foam team. Like, did they change (laughs) how, you know, uh, how they do it as a result of that? Yeah. They, they stood down for a couple of years and worked that specifically. And and sadly, even even on Jim's mission, there there was a, a big piece of foam that fell off, and they were just lucky that it didn't hit the vehicle. But you're still yeah. hoping to get back to that shuttle model, it sounded like. You like the idea of aircraft becoming spacecraft. Uh, when the technology is there, yes. I mean, we're working on a program called the Dream Chaser, which is right now scheduled to take cargo up to the International Space Station. And if you look at the Dream Chaser design, it kind of looks similar to the shuttle days, uh, where you know, it looks more like an airplane. But uh, yeah, yeah, it would be great. We want to get as many people into space as possible, whether it's commercially or through NASA. You know, the more people, the better. Could you put my name on a list? You know, I don't (laughs) want to use nepotism here in any way, but I really, I really want to get off this planet. Um, How many years does it take to complete a spacecraft? So Uh, are you working on another one already? Are there like, is there more than one being built at one time? The, a brand new rocket like like the Artemis that we have can take like up to 10 years. Some parts don't take as long and others take longer. Uh, and then as we build Artemis 2, 3, and 4, which are in works right now, it's much less time because we learned so much from the Artemis 1. Um, there are many rockets right now. In fact, commercial Elon, SpaceX is taking our astronauts up to the space station right now right. all the time. And we've got Boeing that's getting ready to launch here about mid mid-year this year to also take crew up to the space station. So the commercial people are doing that. So you've got that rocket, you've got the Dream Chaser, and then in parallel, SpaceX is also working on the Gateway mission and their own kind of moon moon mission. Also, you've got uh, Jeff Bezos and his team, you know, working on, on space rockets. So the billionaires are playing with rockets now, and we think that's wonderful uh, because the more people we can get into space, and, and especially with these 
space guys, if they can take over the low orbiting kind of space work, it gives NASA the ability to go deeper. And and really, these Artemis moon missions, the intent is to really establish a habitat, a a place up on the moon, similar to the space station, because we've had permanent presence up on space station for, you know, many, many years now. And uh, we plan to do the same thing where every time you look up at that moon, there will be people up there and really amazing. Yeah. And then go on to Mars and go on to Mars. And and what's really exciting is with these these Artemis two and Artemis three missions. Um, we're going to be sending, you know, our women and and our diverse people up to the moon for the first time ever. Not all of them. <laughs> that was a Republican platform in 2020, but <laughs> yeah, that was. That was <laughs> Uh, um, when is Artemis 2 happening, Julie? I'm, I'm really excited for it. Okay, so Artemis 2 is happening in December of 2024 right now. So that mission is going to be similar to Artemis 1, but it's going to have four astronauts on board. They're not actually going to have boots on the moon, but they're going to go a- around the moon similar to this Artemis 1 mission, except they'll be up there for 10 days instead of 25 like Artemis 1 because it's people and, and less risky. And then Artemis 3... Adam is December of 2025, and that is boots on the moon. Wow! Since they're going to be up for ten days, um, will they be allowed to put stickers and posters up in their sleeping areas? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Anything to keep them happy. Yeah, it's a long time to be away from home. It ten is. days, it especially is. for a first timer if they haven't done like sleepovers or something. Yeah, so that's good. Yes. I like that. Yeah, but you don't want yeah. to use any push pins or anything. That sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> you can't use can't use only push- stickers. What was the sticky stuff that, that we used to use? And it, it would hold your poster for like a couple of weeks and then it would fall. Oh, that blue stuff. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, Velcro. We use a lot of Velcro up there. So all of your food condiments and things like that are all Velcroed to the walls. Oh, wow. Wow. Is there anything that you learned from this Artemis 1 that you weren't previously planning on incorporating into Ar- Artemis 2 and all of a sudden you went, whoa, this is, you know, a spectacular uh, discovery and we need to replicate it. Nothing huge that came of that. It was such a successful mission. Uh, you know, really the focus now on Artemis 2 is kind of on on the people part of it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and those capabilities um, since we're going to have people on the next one. Should we go over the spelling of my name right now? Yes. Absolutely. For, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I think we can wait until on, at least December of, of 2024. <laughs> to put on that list. P-O-U-N-D-S-T-O-N-E. And I have already packed a small satchel. Um, so the people part of it is is the main difference. Right, right. So, you know, we're going to be bringing, like, we didn't have a toilet because we didn't have people on there and, and exercise right. capabilities and and thing, things like that are going to be up on this, this next one. Julie, we all love watching you know, mission control. Do you get to be in the room where it happens? So I am not in mission control during the launches, but I am at what they call the Saturn V viewing area, which um, it just basically 
separating us from the pad is this beautiful creek called the Banana Creek, and you are the closest humans to liftoff, which is quite spectacular. In fact, Paula, I think I sent you a little little video from there you right did. before yeah we launched. So so you're you're very close to the launch, and you can feel it in your chest, and the fish start jumping out of the creek as wow. the sound starts to rumble wow. towards you, and it lights up the sky. It happened to be a night launch for Artemis One, and it it seemed like daylight at the time, and your chest is rumbling, and it looks like day because the light is just so bright. You can't even look at it. It's blinding, like brighter than the sun. So it's quite a spectacular place to be for the launches, and that's generally where I'm at for these launches. That's awesome. Tell them the story of the video where you didn't know if it had launched or not. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm -mm. Remind me. The one where your son watched it from like the back porch and he had a better view. Oh, yes, yes. Okay. We were out at Vandenberg, which is north of Santa Barbara, and it can get quite foggy. It's right along the coast there. And so we were out at the launch really close, close to the pad and... And liftoff happens, and my daughter is trying to tape it with her phone. She's She's got her phone going, and you hear me whispering, did it go? Like, because you can't even see it. <laughs> you couldn't, the, the fog was so thick, and, and I really didn't even think it went. Like, you couldn't hear, there was nothing. It was really eerie, but it went, it went off. But yeah, you're right. I forgot about that, yeah. Did it go? Did it go? Yeah. So they went all the way. They watched the thing. And then you got home and found out that your son had watched it from the back porch or something. And he saw it. Yeah. Such a great story. Yeah. From where we live, the fog doesn't get in the way. So by the time it had gone above the fog bank, he was able to see it from our balcony. (laughs) Wow. And got a better view of it than we did right up there close and personal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The video is priceless. Yeah. That that was really funny. Did it go? Yeah. Did it go? Well, Julie, that was excellent, and I have only about 150 other questions that I can't ask right now because right now we're going to synthesize all the information that you've given us and run it through something we call the old Poundstonator. It's a very fine-tuned piece of equipment. Paula? House band Kevin Kelso, we cannot thank you enough for again bringing your piano to our foolishness. You sound great. And it makes us sound so much better. If I could ask for a bit of background Kevin Kelso music, I'll tell you what the old Poundstonator spit out. My good friend, rocket scientist Julie Zingerman, thank you for telling us about your rocket science job. You fueled our excitement and imagination about space travel. I know you would never do this, but if you could somehow surreptitiously add a little cubby into the blueprints of the Artemis 3, the one where there'll be boots on the moon, I'd love to be a stowaway. I'll meet you in the vehicle assembly building at Kennedy Space Center. I'll only bring the absolute necessities. life on other planets, we're going to need somebody like me who can talk to them. Oh my gosh! Hi! My name's Paula. I I I come from that planet over there with the really thin ozone layer. See it? 
<laughs> it's so nice to meet you. We've wondered if there was anyone else in the universe. Mm. Well, you're right. It, it, it's vast. It doesn't make sense that we would be... But we thought we were. <laughs> Harry Reid didn't think so. <laughs> the senator from Nevada. <laughs> Democrat. <laughs> you don't look anything like we'd imagined. <laughs> well, yeah, we didn't think you existed. But the entertainment industry ran out of storylines. So we have a genre called science fiction. <laughs> genre. It means like category. Hey, have you sent any flying objects over the Great Lakes? No, I, I didn't think so. Yeah, there's been a bunch of them. One or two got shot down during the Super Bowl. It, it's a football game. Nope. Has almost nothing to do with feet. In football, men smash into each other and knock each other over. Yeah, it does. It causes CTE. Brain degeneration caused by repeated head injuries. Mm. No, no, that's CRT. I, it's not. It's a college curriculum. Mm. You didn't, huh? I didn't really think so. Mm. We don't really know what they were. We shot them down, though. That's the sort of shit we do. Mm. If you ever want to visit, call first. Don't just drop by for a cuppa. Mm. <laughs> so, do you live here on the moon? Oh, you're snowbirds. Well, you, you, you might want to mark off the part you use because surely the people where I come from are going to say it's all ours. Look, buddy, it doesn't matter if you were here first. We still celebrate Columbus Day. And if anyone objects to that, they call them woke. Ah, shit. I, I gotta go. My oxygen tank is low. I hope to see you again. Let, let me give you my number. Please don't text me, though. I use a flip phone. Bye. <laughs> Space Systems Quality and Safety Manager for Aerojet Rocketdyne, Julie Zingerman. Thanks so much for yeah. dropping by. I hope you come back. Julius was fantastic. Thank Woo. you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's so interesting, and you explain it so well. I should have asked you about your work years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we were too busy playing ping pong. We got that competitive. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Well, you know. Always. I do have my priorities. Yeah, uh, yeah, me too. Coming up here at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, we can't send a man to the moon. But we can send a woman to a dive bar. Take that, NASA. It's time for Tony's Big Bar Adventure <laughs> when we come back. Fun fact. Ginkgo trees have existed for more than 270 million years which totally destroys my theory that the dinosaurs were wiped out by cholesterol. <laughs> and thank you, Kevin Kelso. Hey, nobody, Whee! you can find Kevin on YouTube and at, get this, the Tarzana Community Center on March 31st. That's here in Tarzana, California. That's fantastic. You know... Adam, Kevin has something there because March can be a tough month. 
Yeah. It's not the dead of winter, but it's certainly not spring. For me, it's important to have something to look forward to in March to keep my spirits up. That's why I'll be in Englewood, New Jersey at the Bergen Performing Arts Center on Friday, March 10th. And I'll be in Annapolis, Maryland at Ramshead on Saturday, March 11th, which may be the smallest venue that I work. It's it's intimate. I, I'm practically sitting in the audience's lap at Ramshead. I could deliver a baby for someone in the second row there and not really have to reach. That's how intimate it is. Um, for tickets, go to paulapoundstone.com, click on the tour tab, and find the show you want. That's paulapoundstone.com. Dot com, and you can spell Poundstone if you just go back and listen to our previous segment. That's right. Yeah. Hey, Paul, <laughs> you, you know what it's time for. I want to catch our listeners up on what's been going on in case uh, they happen to have missed the last couple of shows. When we share stuff, we share things like details from our lives, like if our apartments flood and we have to live in a hotel. Or if, we've, if we're worth $81 million, <laughs> share that. Virtually the same thing. Yeah. And a few weeks ago, Tony uh, Anita Hall was asked to leave her place of residence, and she's been living in a hotel down the road in Sherman Oaks. I asked her if there was a bar in the hotel. She said yes, and for three weeks, she did not do her <laughs> homework of just going down to that bar, soaking up the local color and having a drink. And wouldn't you know it, Paula, during this week, I saw this tweet. It said, I am reporting live from Hotel Bar. It is... <laughs> bananas. So I thought we could do a little segment that we call Tony's Big Bar Adventure. Tony, Tony, what's the name of the bar again? It's, it's called the- Toasted. I think it might be Toasted Barrel, but really focus on the word Toasted. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so Tony, yeah. why don't you set it up a little bit, and then we'll just like read your tweets at you, and you can add some color to your own color commentary. So on on Friday night, I decided to go down to the bar, and what I usually do is I grab my food to go, come up, sit on my sad little couch, eat my grilled cheese and fries, and watch reruns of Grey's Anatomy. Watch your cholesterol soar. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, right. It's usually a salmon and brie grilled cheese. Yeah, it's oh, kind of funny better. that you're watching a, a medical show <laughs> while you while you threaten your own life with grilled cheese. And usually while they make my food, I have a glass of wine or a gin and tonic. So I had Adam's voice ringing in my head. So I said, you know what? I'm going to stay down there at the bar. Even the bartender was like, oh, you're going to sit down here tonight? And I was like, I am. So you've been there long enough that employee of the month is actually dependent on your vote at this point. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I am. So there you are at the bar, and I just want to read you the tweets roughly in sequence and tell us what's going on here. First one you sent, you said, Dallas is about to turn 30 this month. She is freaking out. (laughs) She was freaking out. She had her margarita and shot of tequila. She had three of those each and then ordered a Modelo. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> and is... her and her boyfriend had been doing dry January. Um, and this is their, they live across the street from the hotel. This is their first time back to the bar since dry January ended. Wow. Wow. <laughs> first of all, Dallas, if you're listening, number one, oh, please. And number two, um, 
if you consider this a big transition to 30, and I, I certainly don't, I have to say, you're, you're not making it less dramatic. If you have to come off of, what is it, sober? What is it, no alcohol? Dry January. Oh, dry, dry January. Ja- if you have to come off from dry January that fucking hard, then uh, <laughs> you, 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 you got a problem there, Dallas. What were you, you were drinking at that hotel bar, the leaky old broad? Is that? <laughs> the regulars call it lob. Leaky old, leaky old yeah. broad, yeah. But you know what, speaking of the regulars, Tony, then you sh- you tweeted, there is now a shocking number of people who live in the neighborhood swarming the bar. I was so happy to hear this because that was my prediction, that it's a local hangout. It is a local freaking hangout. They were like, hey, bartender, hey, hey, like, good to see you. Like, how are the kids? Like, do you want to use my Hilton Honors discount next time you go somewhere? Like, hey, what's been up? And he'd sit there and talk to everyone, and they knew each other, and it was it was wild. There was a lot of camaraderie that I was not a part of. In most <laughs> hotel bars, there's those pathetic signs in the elevator suggesting that you go to the bar because it's gonna you know it's gonna be happy hour, and you walk by the bar, and it's just the most depressing thing you've ever seen. It's yeah. not happy people. It's people who are you know they're in for a night and then they leave. And why would you? Why would yeah. you go socialize? They're in there for the cut price drinks and the free cheese cubes. Yeah. The only reason <laughs> I ever go is, well, A, the free cheese cubes, but B, um, so I can wear my Nobody Listens to Paula Pounce on hooded sweatshirt. And then people ask me about, which is, I assume, what you were doing, Tony? Yeah, we can address that. <laughs> Later, Nate. So what's the next tweet, Adam? <laughs> Does that suggest that you weren't wearing your your nobody listening on <laughs> hooded sweatshirt? Smooth, Tony. Smooth. And then you tweeted, there is a dog at the bar. All caps. <gasps> I repeat, there is a dog at the bar. Oh my God. Named Dallas. Yes, the same name as the almost 30-year-old. Hashtag awkward. <laughs> it is. Have you ever met a dog who has the same name as you? It is awkward. Who would name their dog Paula? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a good name for a girl. I know, I know of a dog named Adam Felber. He's 35 years old and worth $115 million. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this dog was sitting in basically their own seat at the bar. Nice. Wow. Oh, my God. Was it playing cards? Did it have cards between its toe pads? <laughs> hey, Tony, so then you gave us a piece of dialogue. Apparently, Marcy, spelled with two E's, said, OMG. I know the trick to good bruschetta or bruschetta. I, I never pronounce that Bruschetta, correctly. I think. Bruschetta. Yeah, bruschetta. Lisa replies, when I was in Italy, I made fresh bruschetta. To which Marcy replies, no, but this is a Trader Joe's dupe. They, uh, they were friends of Dallas and Dallas's partner, and they were talking about bruschetta. Uh, Marcy really was <laughs> not interested in hearing about fresh Italian bruschetta. <laughs> as it is called. And uh, she just is all about the frickin' Trader Joe's duping theirs. You then tweeted, a couple has just revealed to another couple that, gulp, they don't have a junk drawer. I've never heard people so horrified. The couple was horrified, was like, where do you put your batteries? Where do you keep your pets? I don't understand. Where do you keep these things? And like grilled the non-junk drawer couple about where they keep their things. 
I think that those were frauds, those people who said they don't have a junk drawer. Of course they do. Drunken frauds and getting increasingly drunk. It's getting later as Tony is tweeting this. She then tweets, <laughs> Wayne is supposed to be potty training his daughter. He is having a dirty martini. Oh, my God. He's having a dirty gin martini, which I, I love a good dirty gin. Dwayne is there every night. Um, and he talked about how he's supposed to be potty training his daughter and how he had to go to the front desk and get extra toilet paper and extra paper towels. Oh, so he's a resident oh at the hotel like you. He is. I met him in the elevator and he his house was flooded as well. His wife, his, his partner um, is with him as well. And um, I guess the partner was taking care of it. You know, Wayne, you don't require extra toilet paper. For teaching your kid to use the toilet. And you certainly no. don't require paper towels. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I wonder if all the flooding at your apartment wasn't caused by Wayne. <laughs> Quite possible. <laughs> so, so then Wayne introduced me to Randy, you say. I ask Randy a few questions. He cashes out. Now, that was a kind of tragic sounding tweet. Like maybe <laughs> Randy, Randy thought you were coming on to him. And Randy no was like, way. I, can't, no. I can't do this. So so he was like, oh, you should talk to my friend Randy because they're down there every night. And I was like, Randy, like, how long are you here for? He said until April because he said he has to get up at 1 a.m. to go to work. And I was like, wow, that's early. And, and Randy goes, no, it's not. And then that's when I stopped asking him questions. Wow. And then he um, left. I have to tell you something. I know Randy and he doesn't get up at 1 a.m. for work. So <laughs> that was Randy the liar. Yeah. And was there a dog named Randy as well? Because a lot of these characters <laughs> come with dogs named after them. No, only Dallas the dog and Dallas the third, almost 30-year-old. I want to keep moving, though. Uh, you then said Tiffany went up for a nap before she hits up a rapper's house at 1 a.m. Yeah. Uh, Tiffany also offered to split her grilled cheese with me, which was really kind. I'd already had a grilled cheese. Were you... Eyeing her grilled cheese? Were you no. making smacking sounds? So like, she mm, 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 she said, do you have salmon on the menu? And the bartender said, no, we only have the, the salmon and brie grilled cheese. And I was like, that is really good. And he's like, yeah, she gets the grilled cheese all the time. And so that's oh. why I think she offered me half. And wow. she also had been at a rapper's house till 6 p.m., that day she's from Boston visiting a friend and just was living up the the LA life oh then you tweeted uh Randy returns 30 minutes later sitting as far <laughs> away from me as possible which uh, underscores my theory that there's a little bit of heartbreak involved in the whole Randy there's thing. no heartbreak <laughs> oh yeah I'm not gonna pry Randy yeah, was probably 30 years older than me you don't want to narrow the field like that were you there in glass slippers because <laughs> <laughs> I think Randy has a lot to give, and I'm talking about both the man and the dog. Oh, God, uh, no. Then, well, we'll keep going. What's the next tweet? Randy, if you're within the sound of our voices, please reach out to Tony Anita Hall. It will be so Ugh. exciting to make a match no, here on this show. No, Randy, if you're listening, do not reach out to me. <laughs> no. So then you tweeted, uh, Layla is drinking tequila and cranberry. Ugh, tequila and cranberry sounds so disgusting. It does, but it does lead me to one of my favorite tweets of the night. <laughs> I'll have a gin and tonic. Isabel, what's in that? Did somebody <laughs> really ask you what was she, in a gin and tonic? I swear to God, she asked me. 
And I didn't want to be like gin and tonic. So I politely said, well, um, it's the, the alcohol gin. And then typically you mix it with a tonic water and add a squeeze of, of lime. You know, it's that kindness that has really attracted Randy to you. <laughs> oh, my God. This is not a thing. I think that was the moment Randy fell in love. You weren't supposed to be trying to get you somebody to pick you up. I don't know where Bonnie came up with that. You were just supposed to go soak up some of the local color. And, of course, wear your nobody listened to Paul Johnson <laughs> hooded sweatshirt because you are the ambassador for our show. And, and, and uh, you know, if you happen to have sparked with Randy, that's that extracurricular. Is no that is totally extracurricular. No. Oh, man. You know There's what you could have no done? Spark. You could have folded your cocktail napkin into a swan. And that yes. would have kind of been a, you know, let people know a little something about you, you know. And they would go, wait a minute. When they learned your name was Tony, they'd be like, Tony from Tony's Craft Corner? Yeah, they'd be like, wait, are you talking about crafting Tony or the dog? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, now, you, so, you then tweeted, a woman just asked if there was a hostess to seat their party. That's tripping, <laughs> with, that, that's tripping with a little bit of contempt. Like, you're, you've been there for 45 minutes and you're a regular already. Like, can I oh, can you believe this? Probably, hoity, hoity. Yeah. I was there from probably 530 to 830. Okay, so you wow. were drunk and you were like, listen, I was, princess, so I was not drunk. we don't have a hostess drunk. around here. I was not yeah. drunk. But I was like, really? You're yeah. going to ask if there is a hostess to seat your party? Yeah. Really? I think you should have said, I, I'm the hostess. Uh, and, then, <laughs> yeah. and then insisted on being tipped. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You then uh, added Aubrey just ordered a low calorie tequila drink. I roll. Continue. Yeah, I roll. And then you replied to yourself and said, I am giving life advice to a 24 year old. I was giving life advice to a 24 year old. What was the advice you gave? I told her to follow her dreams. <laughs> How fucked up were you? <laughs> I was not. I was not. I had this like dream sequence in my head that she, and this was this was uh <laughs> dreams or follow me i'm the hostess <laughs> this was tiffany and i who was visiting from boston she was the 24 year old and i just thought like wouldn't it be cool <laughs> if she came here and just had this great story that she talked to the stranger who changed her mind <laughs> at the bar <laughs> now saying out loud <laughs> Now saying it out loud, it sounds you like... You actually said, follow your dreams? <laughs> Dad. Wow. Wow. Like, I don't know what I said. Okay. <laughs> she, she loved cooking. She showed me pictures on her Instagram of meals she made. And I think I said, you know, you got to do what fills your cup and makes you happy. That's what you I said. You didn't. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you went Jesus. with fills your cup, Tony? Yeah. It's, it's no... <laughs> Um, hey, and then, then you know, to give you an idea of yeah. how how Tony was was you know just trashing the place, she, she tweets, "It's past eight thirty p.m. I am tired. These are good-hearted peeps who love their local bartender. I have loved this time at the local bar. I've got to go feed Mister Totes upstairs. Tony need a haul out." And then somebody asked you, like we are asking right now, 
At Empathy Decency asks, did you wear your NLTPP hooded sweatshirt? Tony, I'm going to ask you, what was your reply to this? So I've done a lot of thinking about this. And I, and I debated if I should lie or not, but I'm not going to lie. I You're going to follow your dream. It. You didn't wear it. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, was Tony. that or was that not part of the assignment? Okay, I didn't think I was going to stay down there, though. I thought I was just going to run downstairs, get my grilled cheese, come back up. Once you started lapping that dog's drink, hard to go back upstairs. <laughs> you might have, if you'd worn it, you might have had, Randy might have had something to ask you about. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't, you know what? We keep... Sending you on these excursions, these very costly excursions. It's costing us so a bundle. So that you will you're be the ambassador for our show. Oh, yeah. whatever. I, I was going to tell I was going to lie. You were going to lie, but you can't. Well, you know what this yeah. means, Tony. You've got to go back there no. in your Paula Poundstone t uh, sweatshirt and tweet us again. Okay? Just yeah. get it right this time. Yeah, she's going to go back. And this time, bring a little dog. <laughs> <laughs> and that, everybody, is Tony's big bar adventure. Oh, my Lord. Can't wait for the next one, Tony. <laughs> All right. Well, nobody's. if you have questions or comments or you just want to meet Tony at the bar, um, or if you're a musical person who would like to join us on the podcast as our house band maybe you want to do that drop us a line at nobody listens to paula poundstone at gmail.com paula what's going on in your poundstone product empire this week with the exception of not appearing at the uh rusty old broad <laughs> leaky it's a leaky old broad oh, i'm sorry the people I'm thinking about right now are the people who fucked up and didn't make that Valentine's Day dinner reservation in time or got their partners flowers or jewelry for Valentine's Day. Yep, they're in the doghouse now, especially if their partner is a nobody listens to Paula Poundstone listener. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone listeners want the remarkably soft tri-polyblend t-shirt with my self-portrait on the left front and a memorable quote on the back that they've been hearing about for years. They dream of it. Follow your dreams. <laughs> Fortunately, for these idiots who got flowers for their valentines, my tri-polyblend tees are available at the shop at paulapoundstone.com. Some listeners may prefer a Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone hooded sweatshirt, just like the one our world ambassador Tony Anita Hall wears. <laughs> I'll tell you what they don't want, though. You know what they don't want? They don't want chocolate. So if you made this kind of mistake, go to the shop at paulapoundstone.com, order your Valentine gift that they really wanted, better late than never. Wendell will fill your order. That's paulapoundstone.com. Pulling your chestnuts out of the fire once again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and remember, everybody, follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. It's free. Keep dropping those reviews. We're loving them. We read every single one of them. Um, if there's a subject or topic that you'd like to know about, tell us. Again, that address is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And that is our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam the Felber. Special thanks to our guest rocket scientist, Julie Zingerman. And thanks to our house band, the great Kevin Kelso. Yeah. Yay. 
Our show is produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Julie Berkubian. We're edited by Vic Lowry. Starburns production by Land Romo. That's our show for tonight. <laughs> Won't somebody please listen to me? Yeah, Paul. Adam, I just yeah. picture, I just picture Tony and Anita Hall <laughs> drinking out of that little dog's glass, just yeah, <laughs> lapping, lapping at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas across the bar, a man named Randy watches and was like, "If only I had a way to start a conversation here that wasn't awkward." Yeah, you know what? Randy's probably going to bring a dog next week, and the the dog's name is probably like Checkers or something. But he's going to say it's named Randy because that seemed to have charmed <laughs> Tony and Leo. Absolutely really charmed. Charmed. Yeah, very charmed by yeah. that idea. I think should we dock or pay for not wearing the? Uh, oh yeah. To Paul Poundstone. Oh for sure. <laughs> it's not like I, I mean, need look, the money. I, I'm. I, no, I'm it's the principle. It's the principle. Yeah. We asked her to. Yeah. yeah, you're 81 million. I'm 115 or something like that. Yeah, but. Yeah. She's never going to learn. She considered lying to us. <laughs> but Very I didn't. So. You're not here. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> if only she would open her heart and let Randy in a little bit. Yeah. Open her heart and let him in. Starbanks Avenue, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.